0: Let me start where I ended uh, last week, and it was in Luke chapter eighteen. I'd referred to a prophetic word in a minute, um, uh, a message from Johnny Enlow. <clears throat> where he he talked about Satan being at work, and his primary function isn't even to put people in hell as much as it is um, to be working against us so that we would be convinced that God is neither all good or all powerful, that He is neither all good or all, all powerful, to plant doubt, to cause Something in your life that you are disheartened so that the Lord can be blamed, that you're separated, that um, because he hates God with a passion. So at the end of this, Jesus is talking about this importunate widow, this woman that comes persisting to a judge, and she gets him to take her case, though she's poor, because of why? She drives him crazy. She just bugs him to death till he says, I'll take your case. I'll rule in your favor. Get away from me. You're driving me nuts. Jesus tells this almost silly story. And then he says, do you see what the unrighteous judge would do for someone that persists? How much more? because of your position and who you are and your inheritance that's been made possible in Jesus, will he not hear you and answer you and give to you? And in verse... We're down in seven. Don't you know that God, the true judge, will grant justice to all of his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day? He will pour out his spirit upon them. He will not delay to answer you and give you what you ask for. God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. So be ever praying, ever experiencing, just like the widow was with the judge. Yet when the son of man comes back, Will he find this kind of persistent faithfulness in his people? Or in uh, King James, New King James Version, will he find faith on the earth? Very haunting question. And this is the plan of the enemy to destroy your faith. To To do something, to bring something in your life that even if you once had faith that it will undermine that and you'll go into some mode you'll either completely despair and stop believing altogether stop following jesus altogether or that at the very least you'll get clicked off from passion and you'll just start going through the motions of life and so you'll see this and i've watched i've watched many of you battle this very thing when that thing happens, that is just the unthinkable. This situation with this with this thirteen-year-old getting hit—like, get I don't know yet any names or who or what—but wow, whatever the story is behind it, I think this little boy was out on the on the highway at nine nine thirty at night, like. It sounds like, how could that happen? And yet, things happen. I don't know what the story is behind that. I don't, I don't know how that came about. Weird stuff happens, and all of a sudden, uh, our very loved ones, children, grandchildren, are in things, uh, positions and situations. You'd be like, if, someone, if something went bad, you'd be like, what were you thinking? How did this happen? So we don't, we don't know the story, but these things, the enemy loves this, because it has this very long, it's deep impact against your faith and against your belief system when it comes to God being good and it comes to him hearing your prayers. And and so it can take a long time to crawl back out of that hole, that disappointment, that, that thing. And then even worse is that you... Start just showing up for life. If he can just turn off your passion, if he can just turn off that faith, if he can just get you to stop taking risks, he's won. If he can get you to stop living by faith and just like, yeah, I've, you know, now we are telling the testimony of how God let us down, but I'm still faithful. It just happens. It just happens. That happens. You come, things happen, you get to that place. So we see this impact and we ha- Jesus asked this question, will there be faith on the earth? Can you endure the attacks because we're at war? We're at war. A... um. A theme song has been birthed for the Patriot movement for the situation we're in um, written by uh, Jimmy Levy who I'd never heard before oh my gosh oh my is it ever powerful there's even a little bit of rough language in it but it is he was a born Jewish always had an inkling towards Jesus became involved somewhat in Hollywood, Jimmy Levy. He's a rapper. And he ends up, this July, he got baptized. He writes this song, and I'm telling you, it's rated adult, but, you know, because this rap song and this guy that's singing with him, it's some rough language in there. But, you know, the song's called This is a war on religion. You know, like, it's powerful. I'm like, this isn't going away. This is a war for the children. They give you the cure for the sickness. This is a war. And it, I mean, it's good. And then the verses. We're at war. You can't avoid this. You try to avoid it, try to hide from it, try to... Dot all your I's and cross all your T's so you don't get involved in the war. It's coming to you. It's coming. You won't avoid this. It's been on us since the the beginning of Christianity, since the Garden of Eden. A war on paradise. The great betrayal takes place. So this week, in the midst of all that, uh, after that message... At some point, and I can't really tell you what, one morning early on the couch, we're up, we're always up real early, and we sit together on the couch and drink our coffee and start reading our Bibles and doing whatever. And um, I remember this passage about prepare that someone was evil, one of the kings was evil because he didn't prepare his heart to seek the Lord. And I'm like, Where's that out? So I search it, you know, duck duck go, whatever, because I can't remember what the verse is. And I look it up and I, I get a whole list of verses about preparing your heart, and I start reading through them one by one. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I saw something in the passage, turn with me to Second Chronicles twelve fourteen. I've got all my Bibles here, most of them. Big big guns. Hey, when you go out to a job, you gotta take all your tools, right, Chris? Yep, the one you leave behind is the one you need on the job, right? Right, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to start bringing a suitcase or something, okay? Oh, la, 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 la. And then, then there's that thing of finding Second Chronicles, and it's in there. Aren't we spoiled with our phones, like click, 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 you know? Second Chronicles chapter twelve verse fourteen. We will start with a negative example, and then we'll move to a positive example. How's that? And um, this is about Rehoboam. Jewish history at this time, it still even confuses me. Who's the good guys? the bad guys? Jeroboam, Rehoboam. Israel gets split. It's like the confusion of church splits. It's pretty much the same thing, you know, like that that thing. And Israel had a church split. They did. And it's weird. It's hard to follow, okay, who's good, who's bad, who's whatever, you know. And so it's in the midst of that, Rehoboam, It says in verse 14, and he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Now, I've known this verse for years. Isn't it funny how you can know something? I saw it, but I didn't get it. I missed it. I missed what was there. You go, Rick, it's not that long and it's not that complicated. How did you miss it? Because... I read it. You know that thing, if you tell us you get a group of people, tell a story, whisper it in one ear, then by the time it gets back around, the story is completely changed. And we we are at an all-time high of misinterpreting stories. I'm just gonna tell you. Be careful among your community of people. Watch and see how often something because we're not listening very well we're just moving and going and our phones are going off and this happened and that's happening we're busy we're working we're playing with the grant you know we're we got a lot going on and you're listening about halfway so i'm just telling you just for the sake of sanity slow down a little bit pay pay attention be careful how you listen and be careful what you repeat because you may not have understood like i'm yeah often in trouble that's true testimony true story so read this, and I'm like, yeah, it was evil. He, he didn't seek the Lord. That, that wasn't... That, uh, 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 uh. It's not what it says. It said he was evil because he did not prepare his heart. You're like, whoa, like, I know the seven deadly sins... I know all the other sins, I've heard tell about all the other sins, not preparing your heart is not in the sin list, not in the normal one anyways, and I just like had this, this morning, like this one morning, it was just a few mornings back, and I, I read this, and I, I just, it just stuck with me, I looked up these scriptures, da, 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 and I was up here practicing, and doing things, and praying, and just impacted me. And I had this feeling it would end up on Sunday morning. You know how you feel, have that feeling? It's like, I don't even know anything about it. It'll end up here Sunday morning. Sure enough, here it is Sunday morning. And I'm thinking, this has nothing to do with what I shared last week. And then as it kept ruminating in my mind and heart, I went, oh, oh yeah, it does have exactly the same thing. It's the same message. It's just, it is a truly a continuation of that word. So It was evil for him to not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. So let me briefly describe in a moment at a certain, you need to seek the Lord about something. How many of you have noticed that when that moment arrives, you don't have a lot of time to prepare your heart? It's an emergency. Something's coming down. I need an answer now. I need, like, God, you got to tell me because I'm asking you, and this is important. It, it is this thing. When you seek, the seeking the Lord has to do with a situation or an instance. Like, it's, it's not ever real casual. We might say we're seeking the Lord, like entering into his presence, and that, that's good. That's kind of an adaption. But, but this seeking the Lord, that like a king would do... When you have these moments where I need to go seek the Lord, I, what does that mean? I need an answer. I need an upgrade. I need help. I need delivered. I need something to happen, and I need it to happen now. Knock, knock, knock. Let me in. Come through. Break through, right? We have seek the Lord meetings where we're like, knock, knock. We, we're pounding on the, like, we got. We got to have the answers. There's not time to prepare. When the catastrophe happens, there's not time to prepare. We're, we're living in a season right now. People ask me, like, should I get extra stuff? I say, absolutely you should. Don't get anything you won't use, but always have enough for two, three weeks to just stay at home and do nothing. We're, that's still, like, right there. Who knows? I, don't, I, I do feel it's inevitable. Stuff's happening. You should be prepared. You should have stuff. Have things you need. Have enough of them. Have this, get the stuff that you will normally use, and just but get some extra so that you're rotating the crop, rotating the shelf, you know? It's, it's because, because when the thing happens, there's not time to prepare, is there? Do you remember the last Sunday that we had before we couldn't have church for weeks upon weeks? Anybody see that coming? Well, none of us anyways. All of a sudden, all the normal was, boom. Who would have believed we wouldn't... The last Sunday we met, like, not, not on the grid at all. The next Sunday, we wouldn't be here. And then it would go on. So, to prepare your heart has to do with this place where you're coming and you're doing the thing that when the disaster hits... You won't have time to, but it'll put you in a good position and place. That you will be ready. That you'll be in a position and a posture. This is exactly what the enemy loves doing, is keeping you distracted, off track, so that when the thing comes, you feel like, God, you didn't tell me. You didn't show me. Like, how did this this happen? I mean, that emergency happens in every household in here at some point. well, we're thinking, we're out of this, we're out of that. You know, there's no mayonnaise and what do you do? There's no Hellman's, you know, like we can't eat lunch. So it's somebody's fault. Somebody didn't go to the grocery store. Somebody went to the grocery store and forgot something important. How do we live without townhouse crackers? You know, those things. Preparing your heart spiritually is this thing, and um, I can't uh, emphasize enough how powerful this word was that Kevin brought to us. Again, it was was it in a, one of our Monday night one Monday night things when you start talking about stirring up the gift, or was I don't know where you originally got that when that came to you, but it was the prophetic. It's so powerful, like one when these come and it's that simple pure word it just starts it, it impacted me it just had this good effect on me to stir to, and a grace to stir up and I started looking I mean I really the lights came on for the whole subject you have giftings and callings if you let them in his test, well, you and then he has this message. He has this message about this. There was just, it's like he, his confession, my, I let my gift go dormant. Now all the, he looked fine when he came. Looked normal. I could tell something was off a little bit, but wow. He's like, my I let my gift go dormant. I stopped functioning in it and the light started going out. And my heart started growing cold and I was angry. And I was this I mean, this is a, all of our testimonies. When you know, it's that moment when you look at your husband, you look at your life, wife, and you go, What's going on with you? You're like a bear to live with. Like, what's happening? Just because I walked in with muddy shoes, what, why are you having a meltdown? You know, that kind of thing. Like, it's not a big deal <laughs> to me. When your gift goes dormant, when you stop taking risk, when you stop living in that thing that God placed in in you, it has a worse effect than you'll ever dream of. Like you were designed, you were made for these things. We work really hard at figuring out our careers and our occupation, but a greater thing is discover your gift and function in it, and you all have gifts we all have gifts the body we are lame our even our little body we are lame without the gifts operating we're like you know how you measure things how they're functioning at what capacity they're functioning i don't actually think our little church is functioning at a real high level because I think there's still too much dormant stuff. Remember back in the day, years and years ago, I used to say, I'm going to start charging people $25 for holding out on me, you know, like $25 fine. Boop. Uh, you you could have shared that Sunday, you know, you could have you added to what was going on, but no, you held it back, way to go, you know. When you withhold, you go, oh, just, you know, and the arguing is going on inside of your mind. I shouldn't share that. What's that? It's just me. It's this, whatever. That's not a gift. I'm just helping the neighbor. Like, it doesn't matter whether it looks like anybody else's gift. When you have it and you function in it, it brings life. Some people just have the power to smile and light up somebody's life. If I don't have a couple of those people in the church all the time, they're not going to get that from me on a regular basis. Yeah, like... People that have a gift of hospitality. Do you understand when that person comes to church, they just make people feel welcome. What's one of our number one enemies around here? Try as hard as we can at times. If someone doesn't... If that spirit... Is in the room, and it, we don't like to think it is, but it can be here, and cause a person to be isolated, you're sitting on the wrong side of the church. You're sitting on this, you're doing this, you're doing that, you went here, no one saw you, no one heard you, no one said hi today. That, that little whisper of a thing. Let me, let me submit this to you. That's real, that feelings, I've experienced it going places. And I'm not an insecure person, but I've had that happen. It's it's real. When it hits you, it hits you. It's powerful because it's demonic, because it's out of another realm trying to, it's Satan trying to cause separation. But a person with the gifting can overpower it if you show up. Just saying. You got to show up. Let's put out the word. It's not safe to not fellowship and not gather and assemble together. I was listening to Dr. Zelenko. He's a Jewish doctor, older guy. He knows stuff. He's been through stuff. He's watched stuff. He's studied history. very, very intelligent. Great doctor, too. And, And he says, psychological warfare. And, of course, he's from that part of the world where they do this stuff. And when they do psychological warfare on you, there's only two simple elements to it. Number one, social isolation coupled with prolonged anxiety. Social isolation coupled with prolonged anxiety, that worry and fear that it doesn't even have to be the big boogeyman, just anxiety and worry that settles in and stays. Those two elements will cause a person, even a normal healthy person, to stop thinking, stop reasoning, stop rationalizing. And they will begin to make bad decisions and do all kinds of things to stop that feeling. I'll cooperate, I'll do whatever I need to do. And that's exactly what happens when you get separated from fellowship. We watch it all the time. You get separated, you get separated out, you miss some time, you miss more time, you miss... Pretty soon, it's really hard to get back. It's not not me. I was just talking to someone not long ago about this, explained all this. So be careful. Number one, you're not where you're supposed to be. Number two, you're going to get picked off. You get isolated. You get out there. And, and, and this thing that's important that we hear that keeps us in tune unbelieving believing, it, it, it's, it's, it's a nasty thing. It's a real thing. Let's look at Ezra chapter ten, chapter 7, verse 10. Right before Nehemiah. This is good illustration. Yeah, Rick, get on the good. Get on the good. Ezra 7:10 For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the Lord the law of the Lord. So there it is again he he didn't just seek the lord it's like interesting how often and this is in quite a few scripture passages that prepared his heart to seek the lord prepared his heart to seek the lord prepared his heart to seek the lord like in other words that's that's the part that's important seeking the lord is awesome but preparing your heart to seek the lord that's another thing it's it's very, very important. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the Lord, the law of the Lord, and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. And, and I pulled up this article uh, by this Jewish man, a Hebrew word study. You know, I don't do that real often. It's usually above my pay grade to do it. So I just, just yeah, don't take the risk, you know. And um, But anyways, the, this article is very informative about Ezra because being Jewish... This Jewish teacher, he know he he knows more to the story. There's more to the story, and uh, the the passages it, it it's this. I'm gonna make angels laugh. Ezra Hakim levavu. Like I always picture some angel laughing when I try to pronounce Hebrew, like like that that thing. It means Ezra prepared his heart. So this word. And, again, English isn't this complicated. Hebrew can be very because it's so expressive and it's so detailed. And um, it is the word, uh, let me find it here, get to my right notes. Here it is. It's the word, um, kun, again, I probably pronounced it wrong. And it's in the causative form, meaning it causes, it causes an effect. So the word kan meant it was it was a, the Hebrew meaning was it caused this ca- caused him to prepare his heart. And the the word is best as we can describe, and this this guy says, we don't have a good English word for this. So we do the best we can with it. There, we have that once in a while. Our English language is a little lacking sometimes. So English words that help form this concept, steadfast, firm, fixed, fashioned, and so all of those combined and still somewhat lacking, but we'll, we'll use the word uh, steadfast, it, it might be like, and prepared, like prepared and steadfastly, we'll put those together. But Ezra became responsible for restoring the Jewish identity problem that developed during the captivity. Oh. Oh. Do we have an identity problem? In Christianity, we've struggled the whole time with identity problem, with believing that we're in Christ. Like it takes everything we can umph up sometimes to get into, into who he says we are compared to what I feel I am or believe I am, right? The the spirit of poverty, it's the nastiest thing to get over. And all of those things. Shame that comes up kind of, you know, different things that are strongholds and they have to do with how you believe and what you believe about yourself. And we need an upgrade on it so we can get out of that thing. Cause if you don't change what you think, the behavior, you can beat yourself over it, but it won't change anything. Cause it's still what you think. It's still what you believe you're like, oh, don't say that about yourself. It's like, mm, it doesn't change anything, does it? You still, you still, you still believe that. You still think that. You still, you still go there. He goes on to say, it was the simple scri- He was, a, it was this simple scribe. He was just a scribe. And his incredible love for God that ushered in one of the great revivals in Jewish history. What made this scribe so great is found in Ezra 7.10. He prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach it. So back to Kevin giving this message about stirring up your gift. I, I started to identify, it caused me to stop and pause and like, what are my gifts and what have I, when I stir them up, when I, cultivate them, I'm like, I feel life in it. And my thing may not be your thing, and it doesn't matter. And when I do that, uh, one example, when I actually sit my, which is hard to do, I'm not prone to sitting myself down and studying it's not an, e- but when I do, I feel life come. You'd think I'd do it more often or be a lot more consistent. When I do, and I'm just, and I get in that flow of just looking up things, not even like in an orderly fashion, just following the rabbit, like I find something that that intrigues me, interests me, and I just said, I learned to do this back in the days of the tent when I would just sit for the Lord, and I would just sit and I'm like, wow, this is so different than my normal study. How I prepare for my—it was just flowing and following and looking, digging for gold. Like, you know that thing that starts motivating you. It's like that's why Elmer Fudd puts on his little hat and gets his little gun and goes down quite the, with the rabbit, because he's uh, his his gift must be. I'm a hunter. You know, and out he goes. And out he goes. He's motivated. He never gets it, but he doesn't matter. He's motivated. That, that thing that's in you, that you just, it, stir, it makes you come alive when you do it. So stir it up. Stir it up. It, it's so, so important. And, and so, Ezra. It's just this person, but he he loves the law of the Lord, and, and he has this huge effect. It reminded me of, of the effect that William Wilberforce had on all of Britain when he when he went after this thing. When he when he comes and he changes and he gets converted to Jesus, and then the effect that he that he has, what he actually does. Ezra was caused to to. Ezra was caused to prepare to seek the word of the Lord because he first was in love with God. And when you love someone, you will want to know their heart. Then he was actually able to enter This preparing process by confirming, being steadfast in his determination and hunger to know God's heart. Once Ezra learned God's heart through his study of his word, he presented it to the people of Israel and they longed to know God's heart. And when they did, a great revival broke out. The rest of the story. All from this thing, he prepared his heart to seek the Lord. So I began to meditate on, like, thinking about this. What are the elements of preparing my heart? I can seek the Lord, and we have, you know, we we use Scripture, like, come come boldly before the throne, and you can come to the Lord, and all those things in Jesus' name. That's all true but the reality is you know the difference between when your heart is alive in it and when you're just going through emotions or you're not ready or you're not there. I I have to watch over myself. The, The hardness, the coldness is always there ready to set in. Rigor mortis is always ready to set in when I stop living, you know, it's just that thing. The stiffness of my spirit. I I, I experience that. And, and I get concerned enough. I'm like, whoa, a better <laughs> I I need to soften up. I need to get in the presence. I need to I need to worship. I need to break through with this thing. It's that thing where you go to read your Bible and like, oh, I don't understand this. I'm not getting anything out of this. Keep reading. I was so blessed years ago to hear Bill Johnson say, I read until I find water. I read until I find life. I get in the Psalms and I just start reading chapter, you know, chapter one, verse one, verse two, verse three, verse four, verse five. I may read through several psalms and all of a sudden, bam, it hits. I come along, I'm like, oh, oh, so I'm normal. (laughs) Oh, so just because I open my Bible and I don't get anything for the first, you know, five months, and I I'm just quitting too soon. It's there. Search. Because when you, when, you come al- when it comes alive, and so I've learned to do that. Instead of studying with my mind, I, I've learned to look. I look for life. I look for nuggets of life. I look for something that, that speaks to me. And then I, I ruminate, I turn that into prayer, that, and, and I, I do that. And I'm stirring my gift up. I'm stirring up. I'm wakening faith. That is the preparing my heart so that when the moment comes that i need to seek the lord i'm in the flow there're seasons when i'm in the flow there're seasons when i'm the, can be the worst of you busy i'm working i am tired. T- just being tired not getting adequate rest can put you into that bad place beware be careful the lord set up a sabbath for a reason I don't care how powerful you are, if you don't take breaks from your normal, whatever that is, it doesn't matter. If you don't get rest on some consistent basis, you'll pay for it. It'll affect your health. It'll affect your well-being. You're like, oh, I have this situation. I have this health issue. I have the... Drink more water and get some rest. I don't know. You know, honestly, it can be that simple. It's that simple. We, we underestimate. We'll spend a lot of money trying to fix something and never do the right thing. Prepare your heart. Come and, and do these things. How do I prepare my heart so that I can flow with the Lord? I, I want to have access. We... S- situations come up. They're serious. We want, we want to have power in our prayer, right? I want to be able to pray for someone and bam, shazam, stuff happens. That's what I want. Well, if I want it, then I need to go over here and prepare my heart so that when I come in, I have access. These, this is not an inclusive list. These are just things that came to me. That can, you can expand it out as far as you want. But number one, humility. Look at James chapter 4.10. What is the promise? There was something else I was thinking of this week. It might have shown up half of it in one of my comfort texts this week. James 4.10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Ah, You go, well, whatever. Being lifted up is what you're looking for. Is that not what you'd actually like to be lifted up? To be pulled up out of whatever? And how do you get lifted up? Jump higher? You humble yourself. Huge principle we need to maintain. Humility. So you realize, I'm not being very humble. I'm being, like, mostly obnoxious, prideful, and a couple other things. Okay. You, you know. You know. You don't have to go search for this stuff. you just be, like, look in the mirror and go, ooh. Nobody has to come and tell you your hair is a mess and you don't have makeup on. You're like, you see it. You go, ooh, jeez. Wow. And so when you recognize, prepare your heart, like, come and bring your heart to a place where it can get transformed because this is the hope of our calling. This is the Savior. And and when you get into the flow, you'll start being drawn more. You get away from it. The isolation thing starts happening spiritually. The worries poured on, you'll grow cold with the Lord. Dr. Zlinko said so. Psychological warfare. The enemy loves that one. He loves that. He's like, I can take take this whole group out. Get them isolated, especially from God, and cause them to worry about things. Make sure they're worried about their stuff, and make sure they're worried about their people, and make sure they're worried about what they're going to try to do, and make sure they're... Wow. It's at an all-time high high, isn't it? I mean, man, you can't walk outside without getting attacked by anxiety. It's surrounding us. We need, we need the uh, the thing to counteract that. And it's it's trusting in the Lord. It's prayer. It's it's preparing our heart. Faith. Romans chapter 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Prepare your heart. Get your faith up. Get it activated. It's not a one-time thing. I got saved. I went forward in the Baptist church. I got, you know, I got baptized and I'm good to go. Um, that was entrance level first thing you did. That, that was not, <laughs> you know, it's just the beginning. Engage. Don't walk around with a t-shirt. It says, check, check. It's not enough. It's got to be a flow of that thing. It's got to it's got to be active and living. And we've got to get back to the word again. When I really take time to not read with my head, but when I when I meditate on Scripture, when I read slowly, I'm I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm a daydreamer, but it's not a bad thing. It's good to use that and, and to meditate and ruminate things and see something, read something that has life in it, and make it then my confession and run it over and over in my mind, the promises, the the, the word. Get full everybody that is doing more reading of their Bibles, just simple exercise, their faith is going. Changes happen. Everybody that does that, that reads, and now you can't read legalistically and look for the rules and what's wrong with everybody else in the world. That was my old you know, method. That will just make you angry. So don't do that. Read for life, read for the words to you. Look in the book, look in the letter for the messages that have your name on them. Look for what brings life. Functioning in your gift will stir up the, it prepares your heart. The more you function in it, the more it flows. Essential, absolutely essential. Praying in the Holy Spirit, Jude 20. Lift up, you know, lift up your faith by praying in the Spirit. We need, log in a lot of time praying in the Spirit. When I, when I do, when I build things, I'm praying in the Spirit all the time. I pray every time I'm. I just start praying in the spirit. I pray in the spirit as much as I can. Of course, I talk to myself. Like you know, like, it's it's that. It's that. Don't neglect it. And if I, if I, there are things that activate my prayer in the spirit. There are other things that don't. And I'm like, huh, this does, this don't. <laughs> I'll do more of this. I listen to a good teaching, something on YouTube. I'll find, I'm st- I start praying in the spirit. Listen to worship music, which I do a lot. I'll find I'm praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. It stirs up, it stirs up the gift. Just more, more. We need more. This is that's preparing our heart. Keep yourselves in the love of God, Jude 21. Keep yourself in that place. This takes preparing your heart because life will separate you. The enemy's attack on you will separate you from the love of God. Do everything it can to cause your heart to grow cold. You know, if a big demon jumped out from behind a bush tried to scare you to death or bite you or do whatever else demons do you'd be like hey you know you'd be like hey get back you know you'd come and fight it but when this subtle stuff comes you're walking along little whisper just a little whisper cause your heart to grow cold another little whisper causes your heart to grow colder a little disappointment here causes your heart to grow colder I feel a little stupid about this. Causes your heart to grow colder. He's like, got him. If you could recognize some of these things, and we need to, we'd bite them off. We'd be more, but we just kind of. I'm tired. I don't want to think. Yeah, I want to just watch something. Be careful. <laughs> And can we say enough about waiting on the Lord? Can we say enough about that? Waiting on the Lord is preparation, is preparing, is preparing. So I would like to victimize you again today if I can. I'm going to make a declaration over you out of Psalms 27. So, if you want the full impact, come up front and I'm going to lay it on you, amen. We so, all of us, we so need to be quickened. You go, I don't feel like being quickened. Then you need to be quickened. Have you ever watched a storyline where someone's slowly going to sleep? I just feel, you know, like I think if you have a concussion, you just want to go to sleep. It's like, no, 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 you should not go to sleep. I think when you freeze to death, this is very morbid, but I I think it's like you just want to go to sleep, right? Right? Like, no, no, stay awake, fight it, fight it. Helps on the way. Fight that. If you're if le- lethargic, le- lethargic, nah, it's too. I'll, I'll stay out of that. If that thing, if that thing settles in on you, it's death sentence. That that sleepiness. And and it's like, once you're awake, you're gonna be good to go. Like, so don't be afraid to ask for this awakening because. Remember, the word K-U-N that means prepare, we translate it as prepare, it's a causative word. It's the Lord will cause you to prepare your heart. There's a grace on it, in other words. And if your heart is prepared, you'll be supernatural. You've got the giftings, you've got the stuff, just stir it up. Just tap into it. Don't you want to just walk through life having prophetic words and having words and having direction, being able to pray for people? I mean, the world's hungry about it. The church is kind of funky about that stuff. Who cares? Stay away from them. Stop fishing in the bathtub. Go after the people that are really bad. They're like, wow, eating this up. That's who showed up at this tent revival that Mario Murillo had in New York. Gang members were showing up like, how, why are you here? I don't know. I mean, this happened, but they are hungry. They're, I'm hearing this more and more and more. They're hungry for this. Isn't that what um, Robbie Dawkins just said? He's like, I was listening to a message by him recently. He's like, the church is weird about this stuff. Forget, forget them. The people in the world don't think you're weird. Like we usually, you're going to think I'm strange. Stop saying that. You're supernatural. Don't say that, especially to the world. They don't think it's strange. They're like, we're looking for something real. You church people are, wah, who wants that? We want power. We want something that will change us. We want something that will impact us. This is one little verse out of chapter 27 in psalms and it's the weight on the lord and through prayer night like i'm not a great like intercessor pray like it's not my gifting like i like it best when i let everybody else do it and i sit but i sit in the presence and i'm affected And i get to i can think like stuff's coming and i'm just reading my bible i'm getting downloads i'm getting stuff and last monday night i'm sitting with my body Bi- and i just start I get drawn to Psalms 27 again. And I start reading it. There's power. There's life on it. I'm writing down all these things. This one thing will I seek from the Lord. This one thing. That I can live in the the presence, the house of the Lord forever. That I can live in His presence. Because in that place of living in His presence, it doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what my my mundane task is it doesn't matter what persecution i'm in if i have his presence if i'm abiding his presence it's all good and I untangle myself with him so the psalmist says here's what i've learned through it and i'm just i just i'm going to declare this over you don't give up don't be impatient be entwined with the lord be brave be courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting, for He will never disappoint you. So, Father, we declare you are the one that will not disappoint us. We cast off that unbelief. We cast off those nagging, nagging thoughts, that discouragement that wants to surround us and come and scoop us up. You will not disappoint us. We have caught. We have prayed to you. We have caught. We have given our hearts to you, we've cried out to you, and you will not disappoint. We have received your prophetic words. We have looked at your promises, and, oh, Lord, we do not, we refuse to allow our hearts to grow cold. We will be your people. We will be fully alive, and we will give ourselves to prepare our hearts, give ourselves over to this. We cannot do it, but we can sit in preparation We can come and gather and sit before you and trust you that you will put oil in the lamp. Trust you that you will trim the wick. Trust you that you will fulfill all of your promises and that you will quicken us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you. Yes. Yes. Amen. Go after it. Go after it. Get passionate. Right, Harvey? Yes. Okay. Amen.